0: Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast episode 65 and before we get into today's episode let me just remind you that if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast make sure you head over to YouTube where you can see our beautiful faces in full Technicolor and whilst you're there why don't you hit the subscribe button, uh, the bell and do all that stuff that uh, YouTubers always tell you to do. Um, Leave us a nice comment that'd be super nice as well we love getting comments Um, but now that being said this is episode 65. And today's special guest is none other than Nina Welsh kling New York City-based street photographer and the second time you're on the show. How are you, Nina?
1: I'm great. Good. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to see you again.
0: Yeah. So how, how's the um how've the last few months been for you? Because you've been on the show, i um, was say, like three months ago,
1: maybe? I think April. It's, it's, New York has definitely opened up, so that's uh-huh. been great. Nice. Um, I think once people, well, most of New York City's people are vaccinated. So that has really changed how people are. Restaurants, everything is mm. open, no more masks, only public in public transportation. So that's um, great. So, yeah, and I've traveled. We just talked about this a little bit. I actually <laughs> got to see my mom in Germany. So yeah. that was nice To after a year and a half to see her in person and not on Skype
0: yeah, oh, that's amazing. That's that's fantastic. So you managed to travel all the way from from New York City back to Germany and then, without any hiccups. Was it difficult to travel this time, or was it business as usual?
1: the The hardest part was getting ready for for the trip and figuring out and sorting out all the um, new restrictions and how and quarantine and what do you need. But the actual travel was relatively easy. So once once you get past the, the initial figuring it out, it, it was it was great, and mm. there was Germany had just reopened, so we were able to have dinners outside. The weather was actually mm. beautiful, and so it was it was really nice just just to be back home. How Second was it um,
0: in the airport and, and on the plane? I mean, the reason I'm asking is because I'm actually looking into traveling to Germany myself um, in the next month or so. I don't think
2: they'll let you in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, your German is too bad. (laughs) But how how was it like? I mean,
0: were were there like any special measures at the airport? Was it any different?
1: Very little. I mean, they were very thorough in looking through your PCR tests, and and that was all. That was that took longer than you would think because Mm -hmm. they do it all the time now. But once you're through, it was fine. The flight, the plane was full, so it was not. I mean, everybody had to keep their mask on during the flight, which it's a long flight to put a, keep a mask on. But it, yeah. it was, you know what, it, it was fine. Not, not such a big issue.
0: Yeah. So you'll, yeah. you'll be
1: fine. It's a, what, 45 minute flight?
0: Um, it's about, well, to the south of Germany, it's probably about an hour and 10, hour and <laughs> 15, something like that. It's not that <laughs> you'll, tragic. You'll be
3: fine. You'll be fine. It's fine. It yeah, it's more like, mission. you
0: know, traveling with children or with, with small children, you know, that's the, that's the main thing for me, but um, I'm sure you sure, right. It's, you know, I mean, just, just like yourself, you know, I haven't seen my family there for like a year and a half. Um, and it's, you know, it's time. It's time.
1: I felt the, 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 the odd thing is that because I talked to my mom a lot via Skype or bunch like every other day, it didn't feel as removed because you kind of feel like you connect with them every day. You see their voice, you see their mood. Yes, it's still very different, and it was great seeing her in person, but I can't imagine how it would have been like without um, seeing her every day on video. That would have have been such a different um,
2: scenario. Have, Have you spoken to her more over the last 18 months than perhaps you would have done in normal circumstances?
1: I talk to my mom quite often, but definitely, I would talk more on the phone or kind of a quick phone yeah. call. Mm. But the video calls, and and she was by herself, so we I would stay on the phone probably mm. longer. And but it was it was very nice to to connecting person. But it didn't feel, and she felt the same way. It didn't feel like you were all of a sudden you haven't seen each other in a year and a half, yeah. and it's odd. It was nothing like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think to be honest, I mean, yeah, I think we probably talk more regularly now i think i make more of a point of, of actually calling her every weekend it's like a sort of family weekend thing you know um but it's more i think you know my youngest daughter is 10 and uh, she just turned 10 and like for her it's that's difficult because she's not really she's not really a like a facetime talker you know my youngest kid she gets she gets really she gets bored very quickly on facetime <laughs> And the the thing I think for her, I'm sick of seeing your face, Dad. <laughs> well, but I think for her it's more about. That might doing be a
1: different, um, <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah. Issue.
0: Exactly, <laughs> but you know, for her it's more like um, being able to do stuff with grandma that she's missing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Going to places, you know, just like things like I don't know, eating grandma's cake, or <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, and I think that's that's difficult for her, and I can I can tell how you know, how that's had had an impact on her. So it's, I think for me, it's, it's probably more important to to kind of, to try and make sure that, that my daughter can see no, 100%. You know, my mom. And of course, I mean, you know, I like a good old German
2: barbecue. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> i I'm definitely up for that. It's all
3: about the food.
2: <laughs> hey, it's all about the food. <laughs> Speaking of which, aren't you supposed to be barbecuing for a soon?
0: Am I? Oh, maybe I am. Yeah. Oh, actually I have, a, yeah. So I have official permission from my wife. Sorry, really? Yeah. So she she actually said to me like, "Oh yeah, if you want to hang out with the guys, no problem. I will just make sure I'm somewhere else."
2: <laughs> <laughs> she you knows the score. And then,
3: so,
0: what's yeah. the
1: official German barbecue?
0: Oh, in the south of Germany, like where I'm from in Swabia, it's red sausages.
1: Blood
0: sausage. No, no, no. It's like they call they call red sausages like it's like bratwurst, but they call it's um ah. it's a special uh they call them red sausages in Swabia. Um, they just they look a little bit red. They have nothing to do with um with blood sausages or anything it's not blood in there it. <laughs> uh, yeah it's not my thing what is it called in there's is equivalent in the uk black pudding black pudding that's it yeah
2: yeah Yeah, yeah, not yeah. i used to hate that when i was growing up oh but i've, I've grown to quite like oh, it man, last the, the 10 whole years idea so. just, no you yeah. have to forget about it you have no, to forget no, no, about the no. idea of it and just
0: taste it and it's yeah. very good now my you know my mom's got this awesome smoker and like you know red like the traditional mm. swabian red sausage like in a in a smoker all right, get some of those shipped, David. Oh, no, you can't. No, I can't, no. <laughs> yeah, since since we've left the EU, since Brexit, um, sending parcels from Germany to the UK is incredibly expensive.
3: So,
1: Actually, I had a book shipped. That yeah. I wanted to have the Women's Street Photographers book mm-hmm. that um, I wanted to send one a copy to my mom and... I found a place in, in, I think in London, a bookshop that would, it was so complicated. And yes, I had to pay extra and through the customs, I would never do it again, but I had no idea. Yeah. So now that you say that, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. My, my mom actually sent, um, she sent a birthday parcel to my daughter and, um, and she <laughs> stupidly, you know, you have to write like the value of the contents yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the outside and idiotically, in retrospect, she put the actual value on there. And then, of course, they hit her with import tax. And it was just, it was
2: outrageous. So We're not condoning that. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, always, of course. <laughs> this yeah, podcast has gone from
3: blood. I don't know. <laughs> But right. it was
0: just no, it was outrageous, absolutely outrageous. I mean, I think, um, I think you know, imagine like the total value um, was like, I, I want to say like 160 pounds or something, and then the import tax was like something like 80, 80 pounds. So how is was, that?
1: And it sits in customs forever. It I yeah, not, and then oh I, yeah, was, the
0: best thing was it took. Have, yeah, and you have to pay a fee. Like there was an actual customs and then a customs release fee. So the fact that they keep your parcel there and open Passage. it up, you, you're paying for it. It's
1: like...
3: Yeah. Like, so it, was, I, it was
1: very surprised. I thought, oh, it, within oh. Europe, it's, it's going to be so much easier than me shipping it from the US. It's cheaper yeah, yeah, yeah. and not at all. Mm. Don't do it.
0: When you were in Germany, did you um, did you have a chance to, to do some street photography whilst you were there?
1: I actually did. And um, it's quite interesting i'm so used to shooting in new york Mm -hmm. where uh, well one thing that has really changed is that because new york has been quiet and there have been very few tourists shooting on the street um photographers are much more exposed in a way that people see you more there's no kind of tucking within people or moving with the flow of people it you really are visible and it makes it it, it it you have to get used to it it's a little adjustment to to say okay it's fine you 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 can be out there and so in germany it's a small town there's not a lot of street photographers i'm not sure if there are any um, I'm sure there's people photographing the, the city hall. I mean, that's about the only thing they would photograph. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I did go around and I started talking to people and people were more interested than negative, I would say, which was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Also, the I was photographing around the farmer's market. Some of the the women that work the 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 stands were actually people that have always been there so i've grown up with them Mm.
3: oh okay So i've
1: known them i looked at them i'm like wow this is the same person selling the the Mm. farm goods as they did um 20 years ago so it was so it was actually very nice um i got and i've been shooting a new series so it was it was it was really fun to to Uh, go out and and shoot
0: i was going to ask you how like you know what were you thought about sort of the differences just generally in, in like mentality when it comes, you know, when it comes to you shooting people in the street, like I know in Germans are very hot on privacy, just generally. Right. And
1: and legally you are in Germany. I believe you have to ask before photographing a private person or get a release. Now I don't do that ever. So, (laughs) I kind of take my chances if somebody would have been upset or would have said, Oh, what are you doing? People, I felt people were more like, Oh, I don't want to be new photo. I said, no, 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 it's fine. You know, please walk through it, please. Mm. Um, and then I explained to them, Oh, I just street photography and I usually pull out my Instagram. People were the people I interacted with seemed very interested and, and mm. quite open, which was, <laughs> which was very nice. Sometimes I think it's more when I photograph children. People get very protective of their children. Yeah. Um, adults usually have no issues, or I mean, I smile at them. It, it's usually not. It, it was fine, hmm. surprisingly.
2: So, technically, then, should if we were to go out into Germany and photograph, if I was taking a photo of you, for example, and a whole host of other people in the background. Technically, I should go and ask their permission before taking that photo. Is that accurate? Am I understanding that right?
1: I'm not 100% sure. I really would have to read up, but I know that privacy laws in Germany are much, much um, tighter than they are in the US. I know in, in New York, not that that gives you permission to shoot anything you see. I mean, it's more, but then it becomes more of an ethical or moral question of what do you want to sh- shoot. But anything in a public space, I think we talked about this a little bit the last time, you can mm-hmm. shoot. So if there is a person in a window undressing, you're okay to, sh- to photograph them because they know that you're in a public place and they can see you. So mm-hmm. you could step away and it's your choice whether you want to be seen or not. Now it's up to the photographer to choose what they want to show. In Germany, I never really looked into it because I haven't been shooting that much but it kind of defeats the purpose of street photography. So I would always yeah. take my chances.
0: We shot an event, like the first live event that we've shot in like 18 months or something. Um, and we shot this live event as an, an outside open air festival, basically, um, a couple of weeks ago. And um, and I did all the photography. And so, of course, on one hand, you know, you shoot the stuff that, that goes on on stage, but on the other hand, you also want to shoot the audience because you want to kind of, create sort of you want know, to document the day and you know um portray the atmosphere and everything and what was really interesting was that adults didn't really care that much the but kids immediately as soon as they see you point a camera at them they immediately stop pointing like little yeah. kids go yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. So i've got a whole bunch of photos like really cool photos of, of kids just pointing at me i don't yeah. know exactly what was going on at the at the time they just Figured, you know, I was I was taking a photo. See,
2: photograph. I always had the opposite reaction because I was filming the event, mm-hmm. um, and I had a sh- shoulder rig on, so it's oh, it's yeah. quite big, not big. necessarily too big, but it's slightly more, you know, more cumbersome than a yeah. uh, you know a, a just have, uh, a stills camera. And I was finding the opposite. They, you go down, you feel some of the children playing or doing whatever they're doing with the parents, and. Th- they just freeze completely because <laughs> it looks yeah. alien to them. It was completely different. No, no, carry on, carry on, carry on. And then uh, that's it. You're, the moment's gone. Yeah. So I had to try and be stealthy with it without, you know, it looking a little little odd. But I think the other benefit we had there is that you know we were there in an official capacity, yeah, and kind of identified as so as well. So people kind of expect that that kind of thing is going to be going on. It was. I mean, you know,
0: but, there weren't many many punters running around with 70 to 200 lenses either. I mean, that's, it, it, <laughs> you immediately could figure that okay. it was like an official thing. Of Very true. But, I,
1: but I think also if you, as an event photographer, you also feel that I belong here. So you have yes. a sense yeah. of self-confidence about, you know what, sure. this is my job. So I should be here and it's okay for me to photograph everybody and whatever I see, which yeah. is the same kind of feeling you need to take to the street. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, pe- this I think is always where people get very insecure on, in approaching people or shooting on the street. If you feel the same sense of almost belonging, and it's like your you own the street, you portray to people that it's okay.
0: Hmm. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely. We, we kind of, you know, we uh, I think we mentioned that last time you we were on the show. It's just you know getting that confidence in like being out there. And and taking f- pictures in the street because certainly from our experience, you know our little, um, you know our little sort of um, what's the word,
3: excursion, excursion, excursion <laughs> into, exactly. into
0: street photography. Um, I, I really, I, I really felt that. I really felt like, you know, awkward at first. I think as the day progressed, you know, and specifically, I think the second time we went out, um, I felt a little bit more confident, and so I could really see that. The more often you do this, the more you'll be able to build up your own confidence, you know, and that's, and that's really people,
1: key. Yeah. And I think people sense that if you feel like, you know what, I, I'm fine here hmm. and you smile at people and, and you're very open and you kind of really have eye contact with most people and kind of survey the, 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 the scene People's like, oh, okay, you know what? Oh, I don't know what they're doing, but it's okay.
3: Hmm.
1: And I think you you really have to portray this.
3: And you know what and You have what to I kind found...
1: of get to this point because then yeah. you feel you feel comfortable and close. To, um, you know, stepping away, walking around people, and you have hmm. a, a much better chance of of photographing something yeah. that's, you know, okay.
0: You know what, what I found funny, uh, especially when we were in London, was that you know sometimes. There'd be like a situation where I could see some light, you know, some some shadow and some light. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cool place, you know. If I just wait here and wait for somebody to walk through, this could look really cool. And of course, you know, you, you stand there with your camera at the ready. And what happens very often is that people clock you and then they think, oh, I, I better stop because I don't want to walk through oh, the shot. No, no. And you go, no, no, keep going.
1: No, 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 go, go. Please. <laughs> yeah. please. Right. All the time.
0: Yeah, all the time. It exactly. All
1: the time. No, it's that is very much and I think that is more of a problem. And, you know, listening to podcast when there's not a lot of people out hmm. that you have to wait too long and then it's like, uh, you know, you kind of lose interest and you, you move yeah. on and hopefully you find you find a place where there's more people walking through your scene. And because that's, you know, it's like once you have a place and once you have a light, like what what is going to fill that space? You need something extraordinary yeah. mm. to come along. And most of the time, that doesn't happen.
2: It felt like that when we were in London. And you know what? I was thinking about this as, you know, obviously we're doing, um, doing today, uh, that I feel like we almost tried to, we overstretched ourselves on that day. One, trying to film it, if <laughs> you put that to size for a, yep. side for a minute. That was a nightmare. <laughs> um, but two, perhaps almost going to too many places. And that perhaps we weren't in one location for long enough yeah. to enable, like you say, something extraordinary to happen in a specific specific area. Do you I think, know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I mean, I think with, with London, you know, what, what did happen was that, um, well, I think, you know, when we had the best of intentions, because our intention was to um, to create a whole episode around this this little trip. And so the idea was, you know, we would go and we would photograph, you know, make some street photography and then film the whole process and, and turn that whole thing into, into an episode. Um, But of course, when we got back, we realized we'd only filmed about three minutes (laughs) of footage. And what actually happened was, you know, we got into town, and it was literally the first time in a year that we'd been in in town. And on one hand, it was such an overwhelming Mm -hmm. experience that we just it took us literally most of the day just to soak in the atmosphere, you know, and you know, and we were like. I mean, it was it was fun, really, going from one place to to the other because we hadn't been there like, yeah, in like exactly. over a year, you know. It's and all of a sudden you're there, and you, you know, you're back in in the center of London, and you see like, you know, Big Ben and 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 St Paul's and like the Strand and everything else, and it's just such you know such a um, cool experience. And of course, at that time, it was still pretty empty as well. So although you know we could travel at that point, not many people did, and so I actually just. Going to Central London and seeing and you know uh, taking in the atmosphere, like we were we were on the Strand, which is one of the busiest you know roads in London, and there was hardly anybody there. And it's just you stand there and you just you just can't take it all in because it's we're never probably going to see that ever in our, in our lifetimes mm. ever again, unless there's another pandemic, of course, in which case. I'm moving out. Let's
1: not hope so. <laughs> no, but but I, I I can absolutely see that if you're trying to film mm. and photograph and walking around, it's too many things that that you're yeah. trying to do. Yep. Because with street photography, and I, I that question comes up comes up often whether I go back to the same place or mm. if I prefer um, going somewhere new. And it's a combination. There's certain places where I've been many times, you kind of find your place and your concentration and you really start to kind of scan what's there. And it takes a certain mindset and I'm not always in that mindset. So if I'm not in that mindset, I will not come home with, with any even decent photography because it, there is this place you need to be in your head to, to really zoom in and see and respond and react to the world. My cell phone is usually off because even a cell phone, because then it's all of a sudden you have a phone call and you, 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 you're you really focusing on something. Mm. You lose that place. So I think when you film and if you photograph and even going between two cameras, it's too much. Like I know you went with, with um, two cameras, too much, like one camera, really spend the day and just find a place and walk around and just focus on what you're seeing. Mm. I think it's impossible yeah. to do all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that was me. definitely... No, that's for me. <laughs> no, and absolutely. We had exactly the same experience. I think we just realized that we totally, you know, we, we thought like, okay, so well, first of all, the next time, the next time we, we plan on making an episode where we are in it, but at the same time, You know, we're doing something. We need to have somebody else film us. That was the first realization. It's like we just can't um, be in the episode and film it at the same time. So that's you know that was that was one one lesson. The other the other lesson was like, okay, you know, we need to really just have more time and just focus on one thing rather than trying to trying to achieve all these different things. Yeah, you know, all that. So in that respect, it was good. On the other hand, it was just. A really nice trip into town. It,
2: it fun. was.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was a fun trip. So our original intention was to go out and to shoot um, silhouettes. That didn't go exactly as planned. Nope. Not even close. Not even close, no. <laughs> <laughs> because of course, you know, we realized that, that actually, you know, you need to have a certain type of light and it's really not something you can very much plan for that much um i think was sort of the outcome so you know at some point when we realized the delight wasn't going to be doing what we needed to do we just had some fun just photographing some things you know so
2: yeah i think um doing the the filming photographing then you know going around different locations and whatnot i actually think that that affected our photography on the day as well, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I don't think we came away with nearly as much as no usable shots as I, uh, oh yeah, we'd we'd, we'd have wanted. Absolutely. Um, You know, I, I came up with, we came up with three photos each in the end, right? And um, usable photos, yeah. And for me, that was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. You know, yeah. as a total yeah, yeah. stretch to find those, I thought, oh, no, they're cool. Yeah. I like those. I like those. Um, yeah.
0: So I'd I'd like to go back. See, the thing is, like, so here's here's one question. Um, my natural instinct is, and this is just because I do a lot of composites and that kind of stuff. You know, I would look at an image, and if one of the images we just sent over to you is is actually a shot from Brighton, which um, we'll talk about in a minute, but my natural instinct is to look at a shot, and I go like, "Oh, I think that would look cool with some birds in the sky." And I'd be like, eh, I was going to put some birds in this guy.
2: Custom cheats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, it's just because, you know, <laughs> I like making composites. This is the thing. So, you know, to me, it, it's like, you know, I'm looking at the image and I'm, I'm making the image in my in my opinion. You know, I'm making it better for what I think. Um, but of course, then there's an argument to say, like, well, you know, is that, you can is that still, can you still define that as street photography or is that now something else? Is like, visual art or something or whatever, you know, that's, um, that's the thing.
1: So I recently was on another podcast with Clarissa Bonnet, and I don't know, do you know her work, but um, she sets up the street scenes and this is this whole discussion about, is that street photography? And she's like, you know, I don't claim to be a street photographer and, and I don't want to miss speak for her, but I think the idea is that don't put yourself in a box. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Like, it's, I'm a photographer that likes to shoot on the street. I'm not a photographer that likes to shoot um, in a studio. And the rest doesn't almost matter unless you really feel like you you want to be in the street photography. And and who defines street photography anyway? Like, Mm -hmm. whose definition is that? You know you can say fine you know what i like to do composites but it's partly street scenes and it becomes street photography composite artwork or yeah, photographic exactly. art i mean it i think i almost want to take out the 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 name or the the box of street photography is, has become Tight and wide in a weird way, because mm. there's like this very group, like what is street photography? It has to be candid. It has to be, but then there are all these other people who are shooting on the street. So, you know, I think it's up to you where you, how you want to define yourself. Yeah. I like to think of myself, I'm a photographer that likes to shoot on the street. Because I often don't fit into the street photography box. Mm. That that kind of is, is 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 tightly or neatly defined and uh, by many different people differently.
0: Well, that's that's what I always find difficult is because it seems like everybody seems to have a different box. You know, like for some people, it's not real photography unless it's shot on film. You know, right. And in other people, are like, well, right. as soon as you do any post production on it, it's not photography anymore. Now it becomes a visual art. And you're gonna go, I just want to make a cool photo. You know, like who cares? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, story, I feel like it? who crazy. cares?
1: Yeah. But I think often these photography competitions, these awards, you have to put yourself in a box. And many times I've decided I'm not going to submit because I really don't want to spend the next three days thinking about where what box am I in or where is this photograph going? Mm. And it really bothers me a lot. But I don't know how this will ever change because it's, it's, and maybe it shouldn't change. But for me personally, I really don't like it because I feel like I don't know where I belong. And I'm okay with that.
2: The goal is to create something interesting to look at, right? Something that evokes an emotion, something that makes you think about something in a certain way. You know, all right, maybe if you're doing pure documentary photography, that's one thing. but that's really the goal, no? You know, who cares how you yeah. came up with it? And you take the birds, adding some birds, in, right? <laughs> the point is, it's not like they didn't belong there. They just right. hadn't happened to have uh, flown across at okay, that moment. So
0: it's also not that I, you know, um, this in this particular case, um, this is really just an amalgamation of two shots. So I, I had actually shot the birds um, about half an hour earlier at a slightly different spot on the beach. And then the street scene I shot, a little bit later um so the birds are not just random birds they were actually there they were just not in that place at that time you know sort of thing so it wasn't like you know but i think i feel like the, the thing is you're quite right you know when you mentioned um photographic competitions because i had an experience like that um, only very recently i don't typically um enter things into competitions in this particular case um there was a shortage of images for this particular competition. I was asked to enter something, so I said, yeah, why not? Um, and the judge actually looked I like at it. like that. At this, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so, you know, I'm game for that. It's fine. But the, the judge looked at the image, and it's basically a, a sort of a building. You can see some sky. I may have actually sent this over to you as well. but uh, And then you see a plane in the center of the image, uh, sort of behind some clouds. And then there was this whole discussion. When when the judge was judging this, there was a whole discussion as to whether a plane was really there or not. Um, it wasn't it was photoshopped in because i just thought it looked cool <laughs> you know but um he couldn't really quite make out whether whether it was actually there or not um and i kept whilst i was listening to the whole deliberation i kind of i kept thinking like what does it actually matter like like you know i think that was okay.
1: actually a sony world photo award photo there was, and yeah. it was a plane a photo it was a very similar composition and it was mm. the building with the I think the plane was photoshopped or it wasn't, and it became this very big discussion. I mean, I think if you could say you are a fine... In the category of fine art, mm-hmm. you're free to do whatever you want. Exactly. Which is, I think you've had a whole podcast, or I think you had an, a, a an episode on that, and I think you've brought this up. Mm like in my fine art, but it kind of gives you the freedom and it doesn't categorize you. I mean, it categorizes you, but the minute you, and you, if you say I'm not a documentary photographer, you're free to do whatever you want.
0: I mean, there are, I think there's an argument to say like. Tricky. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an argument to say like, when you're talking about something like photojournalism, for example, um, there's an argument to say that you wouldn't want to portray the world the way it is because you're trying to convey a particular issue or story and therefore altering the imagery may not necessarily serve your purpose. Uh, And I can see how, uh, you know, in those, um, in those categories, you can draw, you can draw a straight line and basically say like, well, okay, you you can't alter anything because then you're not depicting the real world. And then your whole, um, your whole purpose, the thing you're trying to bring across is, you know, loses value, so so Mm. to say. Um, But of course, the minute you cross over into an artistic category, then of course, you know, I've always thought that it's those, you know, artistically, it's those that break out of the box that push art further, you know, because otherwise we'll still be painting with watercolors or with oil, you know. If nobody nobody said like, you know, I'm going to build this machine, and it's got a wet plate in the back, and then I'm going to, you know, let some light in there through a lens, and then we wait a little bit, and there's a chemical reaction, and then you see something on there. If, you know, people, I'm pretty sure back then, people turned around and said, that's not art. That's not How is that art? That's not they painted not. with a with a brush, <laughs> you know? You can't categorize that as art, you know? So, and then, of course, the same discussion happened when uh, when, you know, we moved from film to digital, and probably, I mean, you can go back like, you know every time something changes in in photography in the, the techniques or whatever there's this big argument about
2: yeah every time something new comes in doesn't matter what it is what world it's in people won't like it that means you're on the right track
0: yeah exactly that's why that's why I was
2: or if 10. people
1: Which question is... like questions arise or yeah they can't figure it out or they haven't yeah. seen anything like it or yeah. there's some kind of criticism yes i feel that's when and I think most that's for new work. That's what people really look for. Yeah. You want to see something else. And it's hard.
0: She so had an interesting discussion yeah. with my daughter about this, because my, my older stepdaughter, she's doing um, uh, photography A-levels, which is basically the equivalent of, what would be the equivalent? Um, I think like an abitur.
1: advanced, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, so yeah. be the German equivalent would be the abitur. So she's doing a yeah, photography abitur if you want A-levels. And so she just got some marks back on on some of the stuff that she'd done, which was um, basically sort of UV light photography. That's the kind of thing that she's in into. And she's—I have to say—she's she has created some really interesting images. They're really interesting. They're very creative. Um, she's like painted some flowers with UV paint and then you know photographed them and stuff like that. And so it's there's some interesting stuff in there. But she got some. Her marks weren't exactly amazing and she was quite she was quite upset about that and she was like you know how but you know how can right. you mark art anyway and yada yada you and i kind of we had this discussion i said like look you know you sent some you sent some files over to me because you wanted me to print some stuff and i remember when i was like looking at the files i'm like okay that's not sharp there's some technical there's some technical issues with with this you know and so we had this discussion about you know the technical and the creative part of it and Yes, it's difficult sometimes maybe to judge the creative element, but you can judge the technical because if it's mm. not sharp, it's not sharp.
1: <laughs> you know, unless you don't want it to be sharp. Unless, unless it's you don't want it to be But it yeah. has to be, I feel it has to be done with intention. Exactly. And it kind of, I think the the technical has to match also the conceptual.
3: Oh, so absolutely. a, a really yeah, good
1: work of art, I think both of these parts come together as the conceptual part and the technical part and the execution and how it's post, you know, how in, in Photoshop or in, in post-production, how did you refine it? It really has to be a finished piece of art unless yes. it's about progress or process or, Yes, th- but then again, you need to know the photo has to speak for itself and say, this is about, you know, the process of, development or the UV light. And it still has to be visible as that. I mean, it's hard. I think it's hard to grade because if there's five teachers, five teachers will have different opinions. That's something that becomes harder
3: because she would have had different
1: marks from five different teachers or maybe not. Maybe there really was one part that was just not as developed as the conceptual idea. I always was a better conceptual artist than I was in the execution. So I struggled with this all my life.
0: Yeah. And for her, it's exactly, it's that the the conceptual part, I think that's hard for her to grasp just yet because she's, you know, relatively new to the whole thing. And I think, you know, the conceptual part, for instance, she had to print a zine, like a a little uh, photo book. And, um, when you, on the surface, when you look at it, it actually looks great. I mean, these, you, you know, the colors are really cool. They're really vibrant. Um, you know, she's, um, she's used the, uh, the UV paints really well, but when you look through the whole thing, you're, you're struggling. I was struggling to see the conceptual part. There's some faces with, you know, with UV paint, there's some flowers painted with UV paint. I think it was a photo of the dog painted with you. I don't know. <laughs> you know but it's like you look at sort of, each image on its own. You can kind of go, oh, that looks cool. But when you see it in context, when you look at the right. whole thing, I was like, you know, and again, we had this discussion. It's like, it's difficult. I mean, all the images are cool. I, you know, I wouldn't mind putting any of these on my wall. but But in context, I don't really see what the connection is other than the fact that they're all very blue. You know, I don't really see what the connection is throughout this whole thing, and that's where that's where the kind of the the sort of wider view comes in. I think that's difficult, maybe sometimes for somebody who's new to photography to grasp. I think think, for
1: anybody, yeah. Don't you struggle with that? I mean, I struggle with that. that. I mean, any new project, like, how do you have a consistent? body of work that says something and how is there a a red line that follows through in all of them how is your sequencing done so that the story the, the story doesn't become boring you know how do you edit your photo work I mean it's hard and she's, you know, she's young and she has so many years to learn this. And luckily she'll have teachers who will have to tell her this. Hopefully she's not watching this podcast because nobody wants to hear this <laughs> from <not>. their parent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nobody wants to hear this from their parent. Yeah. Not
0: judge. That's it, you know. And, and the thing is, like, if I think about the kind of photos that I used to make when I was her age, you know, her photos are a million times better than what I was make back then, you know, so it's, you know. Have you told her that? No. Why would I do that? That'd be crazy. Don't be crazy. Never admit weakness <laughs> but, but, as a parent. But,
1: but, right. But so the, the learning and, you know, and I think the listening to people. So, yes, you're really annoyed that your teacher gave you not great marks because,
3: hmm.
1: you know, she probably views it as a cool project and the idea and she was very excited about it. Hmm. Yeah. Once you step back from that and then somebody says it, it's really hard. Yeah. But yeah you learn to take criticism and hmm. kind of learn from it.
3: Do you said to me,
1: I can't be critical about your work. So no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of... But you know, sometimes <laughs> it, it needs, you, you need to be able to step back from something and just let, let time much. pass, you know, and, and as you develop, um, you, you sometimes you can look at something in retrospect and, you know, you get sort of more of a wider perspective and you kind of go, oh, actually, yeah, that really wasn't that great.
1: And, yeah, I mean, do you her, do that? People, 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 but people always say you should download your photos and let it sit for a couple months. Yeah. Now, I don't do that often, but I do know when you go back, like I think during the pandemic, a lot of us went back to their archives hmm. and then things that you might've thought was really good shot. You're like, mm, you know what? The one next to it's actually so much more interesting, which at yeah. that time, yeah. I totally dismissed but who has the time to go back but truly i know people say that you should be letting it sit and then look back and have distance
0: i used to do that when i was a kid uh, when i used to practice the guitar um then i used to you know record myself on a little voice recorder like with the you know the micro tapes <laughs> and so uh, what i would do would be you know i'd play something i'd come up with something because i always used to like to write stuff so i come up with a like, guitar riff or something or a bit of a guitar solo or something and I would like, that'd be like the best thing since sliced bread in my mind. And I would record it, but then I would take the tape and I would put it in a shoebox and I would leave it for six months. And then, and in the meantime, I would like come up with lots of other stuff. But every six months, I would go back and I would listen back to a tape from like six months ago. And the funny thing was, you know, of course, you remember when you recorded that at a time, you thought like this was hot, you know, this was like awesome. And then you listen back to it six months later and you go, that's crap. <laughs> like, you know, my notes are bent out of tune, uh, <laughs> you know, the timings off, the sound is terrible. Yeah. The idea isn't actually that great. And it's just funny how, you know, how perspective actually allows you to, to... I think
1: it's, it's t- really important.
0: Yeah.
3: But
1: it's really hard to, to then look back, but, but it's also, yeah. I don't know if you, when you were out shooting on the street, there's hmm. usually one or two times where you get this kind of flood. feels, like, you get so excited about a shot. Yeah. And at that I mean it's like that feeling of this is why you're you're doing photography because you it, it I can't even describe it. It's this wonderful feeling when you think you have a shot. But then when you come home,
3: <laughs> those are <laughs>
1: never the shots that I actually yeah. like.
3: No. I yeah. don't
1: know, I don't know it's because of the small screen, I don't know if it's maybe yeah. too contrasty, then something will be out of focus. But it's ninety-nine percent of the time it's not the shot where where my heart started to flutter on the street. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 every time that does happen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's mainly it's mainly because um, I actually, you know, the um, I like I really like the screen on the back of my little Fuji. It's it looks really great on the screen, but then when you you know you put it up on a five K screen at home, you got go, nah, mm. no focus. It's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. not as good as done yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that does definitely happen. Yeah. So for those of you who saw episode fifty two, you may remember that we did. Uh, in actual fact, threaten Nina with some street photos, and uh she's kindly agreed to review some of the photos that we shot um back then back on our little London trip so Nina, we send you some photos, and um it'd be super awesome if we could get your opinion on those so this was our well our first and our second street photography trip, yeah, I would say so um
2: we're actually starting with a photo from now, yeah me? so the first yeah. photo is
0: actually um pretty much the last photo from our very first trip yeah. um to brighton and as a little um, bonus that's a little bonus photo that's right
1: my first impression i love the the dark atmosphere of of the photo yeah i think it'd be a great book cover the the between the birds and the shadow and the i mean it must have been a wet day maybe Yeah, it was. The the, the highlights on on the street, the leading line. Um, I think in order to... Because there's a car with the lights at the end. The one thing, if you have a strong leading line, you want something strong where your eye goes to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a viewer, like you go there, so you have the car and you have people off to the right. Now ideally on it on on if if you would go back and reshoot it if there's no car and there's somebody walking by with an umbrella with um mm-hmm. balloons something a kid playing something where it keeps your eye in the back because you you are forcing and plus your eye usually goes to the lightest part of the photograph mm-hmm. so my eye goes up to the birds and then the the birds. I think the birds are great. I actually like the birds added in. <laughs> I love that those birds appeared in those photograph. <laughs> um, it would would have been now bird photography is interesting in street photography because even the birds need to be placed perfectly. So mm. you could have, or I probably would not have that cluster where they're kind of overlapping the wings. Mm. So if the wings or move it over a little bit or, or remove some of the wings so you have a clear silhouette, which I sometimes actually do in my photographs, if there is some kind of overlap for a silhouette,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I will either go in and highlight it a little more so it, it pops more. Um, I, I do like the sense of scale of the people at the end. I think that's awesome because if you have this kind of shot where you have the building in the foreground, I think the sense of scale is fabulous because you really feel that these, these buildings are towering and leaning in from right and left side. And I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a great photo in, in terms of the atmosphere and, and the sky and, and the birds and, and the people it's, it's very daunting.
0: I think that was, Good that was her. sort of the, that was the thing, um, I think the idea was really Hitchcock's the birds, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's you know it's, it's absolutely right what you said about having something um, being the focal point. You know when you know when your eyes are being let down these leading lines, and I think the the thing there was originally um, was that it was a pretty clear sky. I mean it was you know you can see the clouds and whatever, but I just felt it needed something else um, in there, which is why I took the birds that I'd shot about half an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and composited them in to, to give it something of interest in that big space that would have otherwise just been.
2: You know yeah, what I really like closed. is that you, you can't actually be sure whether this is shot during the day or yeah. at night. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's It's got a bit of all of it about it. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember when it actually was now. I think it was late afternoon, memory serves. You yeah, it was standing there
1: Right. If you even pull the highlights down in the sky more, Mm. It could be almost a night shot. And then actually mm. those lights on the left, which kind of get lost on the, of the buildings or mm. even those too little, those can become like, oh, something's happening. Like this mystery story
3: mm-hmm.
1: that behind those windows, ide- you know, ideally would have been one a little bit maybe further down the road, Yeah, but your story will shift if this becomes a nighttime story. Mm. And many times, I mean, I actually took a class with this wonderful teacher, Jason Langer, and he, he teaches this class about night photography, but he also teaches you how to take daylight photos and create and move them into the nighttime or make mm-hmm. them appear to be nighttime photos, which very much changes the atmosphere. So I, I actually love the idea that it's, it's almost like a nighttime photo.
0: You know, very often when you see that in film, it, it doesn't really work out very well. Often it doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. no, it just, it, it like, happens all nap. the time.
2: Yeah, I yeah. know. It's all the time, particularly yeah. just to get, um so you can keep your eyesight down. You know, it's that kind yeah, of reason yeah, yeah, that yeah. they yeah. often do it. Technical reasons more than anything else. Yeah. It's easier to focus these to do all sorts of things yeah. during the well, day. More often
0: than not, you totally realize what's, what's happening. Just yeah, go, no, yeah, I'm not buying that. Yeah. <laughs> that was like shot at three yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just been turned blue. Especially when you see like big <laughs> shadows. Like, it's a nighttime True. scene. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's part <laughs> sort of a giveaway.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah. don't
1: have a lot of shadow, but I I do love, yeah, I, I agree. I love that it, it's kind of this nighttime, daytime haunting atmosphere.
0: Yeah. I had that kind of Hitchcock kind of vibe to it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, that was the, that was sort of the idea. Um, and it was just like a, it was a fun little, comp- I love it. I love a good composite.
2: You do. You know.
0: I do
3: too. Know.
2: Uh, so the first photo for me, um, so this is now we're into our, into our London photos. Um, so this was, do you know what? I don't remember exactly where this was now. Um, was it down by, oh God, it's near the river though, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, near the river. So it's an office building type area. Um, but it's got a walkthrough, um, all around it, um, for, you find a lot of tourists down there, mostly because of the flooring um, that's along there. And it's got some sort of uh, sort of water shoots or fountain style things at the end as well. Oh. Um, so you, you find a lot of tourists down there. And we were just walking through here. And Kay happened to be walking along that stretch in the middle and thought, and this was like, right, let's just take a snap now. Let's get it done quickly. While he's there, I said, Kay, turn around, look at me, put your camera down. And just took it. Um, in hindsight, um, I'd like to have been slightly more on on centre with with that, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. I still uh, I still quite like quite like the photo though. Anyway, do your work. Yeah,
1: interesting. <laughs> I, I think it is centred when you say you would like it more centred.
2: Kirsten is, but the um, the 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 difference in the flooring in the middle. Would have would have been nice if that Um, was, um, you know, further. I I mean, I
1: read it as very much centered, because again, my eye, the part that I'm most interested in is the very nice negative space around the head. Yeah, you know that that kind of cutout that that it creates. Hmm. I I think if you actually lighten the side of the building a little more, then the whole figure becomes more of. The space around it, because on the right side where the, the um, it kind of gets blended in a little more. So yeah. in order for that, because it's all about the figure. I mean, this is yeah. less of a candid street shot. I think it's more of a. To me, it reads more like a portrait in yeah. in in a an environmental portrait. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, I think when. But I think it reads really well as that. And I really do like how you place the the face and how you immediately go to the figure. And it really is about the figure. I think if you would have wanted to make it more into a street scene, I would have moved him way back.
2: further back, Mm, yeah.
1: Because then he kind of becomes part of the scene and you would have had the white space... Uh, create a frame around him and would have set him apart from the environment around him. Absolutely. Because that white space to me is with the sky and there's enough tone in the sky and the sky is really beautiful
3: Hmm.
1: and has a lot of detail because often they get blown out on a sunny day. So your advantage doing street photography on a cloudy day is that you actually have a sky and then you can take advantage of it which is when it's when it's a beautiful blue day, where it's, for silhouette, it's a better light
3: mm-hmm.
1: when it's very sunny. But I think in this case, if you wanted it to be more of a street shot and be more about scale, which is what I often do, I mean, you do get a sense of scale because the people on the right and left are very small, and I actually really like that. So you, you, you move in and out of the space by their scale. But in the end, it's still, to me more of an environmental portrait and it, not environmental, but it's more of a portrait in, in, in this architectural space.
2: Yeah.
3: But
1: I think it, it, yeah. it looks great as that.
2: Just remember that there is a little bird on the floor on the left hand side. I've forgotten about that. Oh yeah. It's been, a, oh, it's been yeah. a long time since I've looked at this phase, eh? This is a pigeon there. Yeah. But also, yeah. I love just all just the
3: textures
1: of the, of the windows and the floor and the, the change from the, from the brick to the to the other one, I think it's a great place to to shoot street shots, and I think you should definitely go back and kind of yeah, see what re- happens if people cross, you know, walk across it. Yeah,
0: and w- much where, further back. Wasn't that the same location where we shot the super tame squirrel? Yes, it was. <laughs> that was just behind there. That, that yeah. was that was the tamest squirrel I've ever met. We met this. We saw this little squirrel hopping around there. Yeah, and that dude wasn't shy at all. No, he was right just like hanging out. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's a big city squirrel. Yeah. Really the, was. You know,
1: the, right. The, the poor pigeon gets lost. I mean, if you, you could have taken your camera close to it. Now I'm not sure what you're shooting with. Probably. This a was longer. on
2: a, this was on a 35.
1: So you could have gone close to the pigeon and kind of made the pigeon your big foreground. Mm-hmm. And then have the rest of the people kind of disappear in the background. Yeah, yeah. But the, the distortion of the, the beauty of the 35 millimeter is, for street photography, is that the things in your foreground become big. Yeah. So because you're close to, to Kate, he's big. He becomes the center of the photograph. But you could have done the same thing with the pigeon.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
1: And then your photograph would have been a very different feeling with all the people around and the feet and your perspective would have changed.
2: Yeah, completely. Completely. But it's, a, it's a different...
1: Ki- right. Or kind of let people cross in, in the space. Yeah.
2: Hmm. I think we've definitely got to go back there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I loved, loved walking around there. I mean, that's, the lighting is great. beautiful
1: and the reflection is beautiful. And the tones are great. This so is definitely a, really, a great space. And I'm sure yeah. depending on how the sun comes in, you yeah. you probably get some very strange lighting situations that bounce off, yeah. which would make it super interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean we weren't there for very long, were we? This was like again, sort of mid-afternoon sort of time. Mm-hmm. I think we were we were around this area. Um Yeah, we weren't weren't there long, but there's loads of little great, great little places, and the light does—you can see where the light would would fall. So for the next shot, uh, this is a shot um, that I took in one of the side
0: streets, and um, as always, I think when you are in a city, um, you're very often preoccupied with the things that are happening in front of you, Um, but especially in big cities, it it pays to look up sometimes, and so in this particular area of london is in this particular street um, i think the thing that was striking was just this um geometry of of the you know the balconies and the lines and, and those buildings um and with the sky being what it was you know it just um, it seemed like it would make a good shot you know so that's uh, that's how that came together uh, the plane in the middle is well it wasn't it wasn't really there but it just seemed like no. it should be there you know so yet again it's you know it's, it's obviously composite but um I don't know t- to my sense sensibilities it just felt like it needed something in the center there like some kind of center focal point type of a thing um but I didn't feel like it had to be necessarily too obvious it just that's why I kind of you know I made it look like it was sort of hiding in the clouds almost a little bit um I did enter this. Like I mentioned earlier, I did enter this in a, into a competition, and that was one of the main talking points: was whether that plane was real or not. Mm, mm, mm. You know, um, so yeah, it worked for me at a time. as <laughs> far uh, you know, uh, uh. is, is what I would say. Um,
1: so I think again, in terms of composition and um, tonality, even if that's even a word, I love the the the. I love those lines on this I guess they're balcony lines or the, the right. railings going up. Now you're absolutely right that your focal point again goes to the lightest part of the of the photograph. So then you you decided to put the airplane there but now I'm thinking what could there be where you wouldn't photoshop in that would make this photograph of interest in that space would it have to be crazy clouds or would it be more about the clouds what if the the clouds become more of the focal point and you actually have just less on the sides and just have fragments of the building because right now you have your focal points are is the geometry of the building and i like that the right side and the left side is actually um, not symmetrical, so you have this kind of zigzagging in and out on the right side and you have just this one line on the left side, what would happen if you kind of go f- further to the right and it becomes a, a kind of a slimmer space in the middle? Or you make it about the sky with the fragments on the side. Hmm. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that works or not, but somehow your intuition of something needs to be there is because... It, would, it does make it a better photo if there is a point of interest
3: hmm.
1: in, in the lightest part. But what happens if you put it on a diagonal? Because then it becomes more dynamic. Do you still need the plane in, in, in the middle? Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, you, you clearly are very successful in, in finding the, the geometry and, and, and a very pleasing layout of a photo. But it's more about the architecture than it is about street photography.
0: Yeah, so this, I mean, this is the absolutely right there. Um, again, it's I think it's it's very difficult sometimes to draw. For me, it is anyway it's to draw that line, you know, between you know street photography and architectural photography, because you know when I think it's probably. The same for, for most people. When you see a really good composition or when you see something of interest that you think would make a good photo, then I usually take the shot. <laughs>
3: you know, so. uh, th-
1: to me, the the difference is, now that's personal, I like to show the impact of a human being. Yes. So let's I say agree. one of the balcony would have had a piece of laundry blowing I don't think you needed anything else because I think the story is that there are people living. So one little, or a handprint, or maybe um, some graffiti on the side on one side. So my distinction of street photography, it doesn't have to be, it does not have to have people. It can be architectural, but in my mind, it needs to have a human impact.
0: Yeah, some kind of some
1: human kind element. Of trace, right? Like a, a, a trace of, of a human element. And it doesn't yeah. matter. It could be a car that has left and left an oil stain. Hmm. So it doesn't even have to be people. It could be anything that has to do with hmm. it, something inhabiting it. It could be bird poop for all I care. But it's something <laughs> that was left behind.
3: Yeah.
1: To, to that That is kind of where I my, my street photography... Um, tends to go towards, even mm. though I have mostly a lot of people, but the photos where there are no people in it, I think it's important to have a trace of of, of something living.
0: Yeah. Some kind of human impact.
1: Some kind of human impact. So for example, mm. if one of the railings would have been bent. Yeah. Because the symmetry is set up and you set it up beautiful. And I think you set up that, you know, the, the, the black and white is beautiful and the tones are beautiful. But imagine one of those railings that would have been missing or broken. So all of a sudden your story changes in that photograph. Mm. And that's when I go out, I look for these inconsistencies. Mm. Like the outlier. I like to call it the outlier. Like the one thing that's higher or the one thing that's lower, the one thing that's missing. And it's hard, but you train your eye to look for these things. Mm.
0: It's it's an interesting experience, really. You know, as as you get into it, and this is like we very often, but every time we go on a little trip like that, you know, we have like, sort of almost like a debrief where we talk about this sort of takeaways from that particular trip and what we've learned, and you know, what the outcome of those experiences is. And I think you know the one thing for me uh, is it was it was really that you know I realized that actually for me, like in street photography, it, the human element is is really important. And what what happens is you start to focus you start of focusing on the human being in the shot uh, rather than take almost like rather than taking it in as a, as a complete scene. Um, and I find it very easy to get sidetracked by yeah. a cool looking building or, you know, Same. <laughs> you know <Same>. like, <laughs> and it's, I um, mean, I think that's one of, the, one of the takeaways for me has been, is is, 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 as you said, is actually to, to look out for that human, you know, impact of the human element in it. Um, so that's that's definitely uh, a thing to focus on next time. Yeah. Or the one or the
1: out of the ordinary in that building. Yeah. yeah. So and I don't know mm. if you would have stepped back, maybe one, maybe one of the those um, balconies had something a little different, mm. because then that's where your eye goes, and you don't need to add the yeah. plane. Yeah, true. Because your eyes will automatically kind of look if, if there would have been some weird graffiti on the bottom of one of the of the mm. balconies or if there would have been something hanging off the balcony, or maybe one of the windows could have been open.
3: Hmm.
1: So once you add another element that's out of the ordinary, I think it's enough in an architectural building to keep the viewer's interest. Instead of saying, oh wow, you know, this is, this is very cool, this is a wonderful graphic. Um, or, now you could go the total opposite way while I'm looking at this, you can so blow it out, like so push the contrast in this photo that all you would see is black squares and a white sky in the middle and that's kind ex- of dots. And that's
0: actually incidentally, that's exactly what I did on the first edit that I did on this. I completely blew out the sky. And when I was looking at that at the time, and then I compared it to bringing out the contrast in the clouds a little bit, for some reason, I just prefer to look at the clouds. You know, and then I just went, oh, and now I need a plane, <laughs> you know. But then it
1: comes to, right, it comes to kind yeah. of what's, how does it sit with the rest of your work? Are you interested exactly. in, you know, in in conceptual work where it's more about the geometry floating in the sky
3: yeah.
1: or just like a field of pieces? Yeah. Or is it more about the geometry of buildings yeah. in, within the real world?
0: That's, you're absolutely right. It, it, you know, you mentioned it earlier uh, when, you, when you spoke about, um, you know, body of work, which is really something, it's a really interesting kind of red thread that goes through a lot of the um, conversations that we had on, you know, on this channel with the photographers, no matter whether it's, you know, in like advertising photography or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it may be. It's, it's to have, you know, it's this, this creation of the body of work that, that becomes really important to define you as a, um, as a photographer, you know, in, in the long term sort of thing. Um, The, my, actually I tell you what, my original intention with this was was actually um, I'm, I'm sure you've I'm sure you're familiar with Philip Weinman's work he's an Austrian mm-hmm. photographer he's a street photographer mm-hmm. um, very it's much. very high contrast super high contrast um, with a lot of you know white uh, negative space and a very extremely high contrast and that was my first instinct was to go that far with it um but I'm also a sucker for clouds <laughs> <laughs> It's just this thing. I just love clouds.
1: But you so, could have done. You could have separated, or you could have have a diptych. Nothing wrong with a diptych.
0: Yay, that's very. When
1: true. you have two photos, <laughs> so you could have. You could have have just a cloud shot hmm. with some of the elements, and then you could just a out and have the two of them tell yeah. your story.
3: That's like you're interested in
1: the in the abstraction, and you're interested in the cloud. Hmm. But together, that's a very different story that you're telling. Yeah. So you can add it. One photo doesn't have to tell everything.
0: That's a really great idea because then you have the missing element. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great. Idea. That's a very cool idea. Yeah.
1: So you, cool. don't, you, you don't have to super... You could have also done an airplane shot mm-hmm. and the sky and the building shot and leave the two of them next to each other. Because then it's like, oh, is there an airport nearby? Oh, is this an area where planes fly by all the time? So you can again tell a different story, hmm. you know, in, in 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 a more conceptual way, instead of telling the people, oh yeah, there's there is something that that should be there. But you, the, I think what's important for my photography often is that I like to leave the viewer with room for them to explore the picture
3: yeah
1: i don't know if that makes sense but i want them to look at or my diptychs or my photographs to kind of tell their own story within this um within within leave them room to to go somewhere else
3: Excellent. because
1: you now told them the story you told them oh there, there should be a plane but without the plane and a plane on the next page even Let's say you, t- you do a little zine on buildings and skies. The plane can be there. It could be a little piece in a sky, but maybe not put into your... It, it doesn't all have to be at once.
2: Yeah. Okay, so um, this you'll remember the name of this road that we were on. chat Thames. There we go, chat Thames. So we went down there um, and it was kind of deserted. Most of the time, apart from the odd person walking by yeah. and some delivery drivers and mm. things like that happening. And you were just taking a photo um off the street and there's a high chance that actually it was the one you ended up using. But
3: most likely within yeah. you know, within a few frames or something
2: yeah. like that. And I saw this um um this girl walking towards us. And she was, you know, with her headphones on and whatnot and just about to put her mask back on. And I thought, that's framed really nicely through your arm while you were taking a photo. Mm. Um, and uh, and that's what drove me to take take that pic um, right there. You know, there's still a few people in the background too. Um, but it kind of summed up sort of, our days to a, to a certain extent, you know, some someone walking along, you know, listening to their music, heading off to work, heading back from work, whatever it might be, um, still having to put their their mask on and whatnot, you know, uh, it's it kind of, it's felt right to me.
0: This is another one of these uh, locations in London. It's actually Shetham's, is a little side street that's just off of Tower Bridge. Um, and it's unique in a sense um, that it has these um, these iron bridges going across the street. So what it actually is is uh, you've got warehouses right on the River Thames, and in the olden days they used to uh, unload um, barrels, I think, um, and store them in these you know, from the ships into the into the the warehouse, and then they used to roll the barrels across these bridges into the next right. building on the other side of the road, and that's why these bridges are at a slight incline. of course nowadays they're all apartments and yeah, you know. And stuff like that but uh it's still one of these old streets with, like it's a cobbled road um and typically of course because it's literally right next to tower bridge um usually this is packed with tourists this is like yeah. the most touristy area in central london i would say um and to see it as as empty as as that i you know i don't think we'll ever it'll never happen
2: again see it like not that again once. Is not even a, not even in the middle of the night yeah there's
0: another <laughs> photo um that we're going to talk about in a minute we can see more of the the extra street but yeah it's a very cool location yeah very very cool um also instagram loves this location by the way
1: sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it does yeah so my my first feedback i love that you took a risk of creating this frame to frame your view yeah which, which i think is great i think it would be helpful. I actually want to see that it's a person a little more. Yeah. So I yeah. almost don't need it as dark. Usually, I mean, I'm all for super contrasty, but for some reason, I mean, I just see the ear. I think.
2: Yeah, this is one of those. If he, even if you exactly as it is, if it was cropped in mm. to the more of that center portion, um, to make that but, person bigger.
1: Right. I don't mind that it's blurry. I mean, I think it's a little blur, you know, because you're so close, probably. The, the person which I think kind of gives that feeling of somebody standing there and you kind of just taking and seeing it and taking that shot. So I think that would actually, to me, I think I would like to see more, a little bit more of the person or you can just bring out the the, the grays more. Yeah. So I can yeah, identify yeah. it as a person, the ear. And then I, I like that triangle that it, it creates, that shape. Now... Ideally, the person that you focused on would have been one step earlier
3: or two. Yeah,
2: totally.
1: <laughs> in that peak moment.
2: It, it was one of those, either take it as Understand? it was or miss it entirely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so in an ideal world, you would have taken it you know two steps earlier So you would have had the whole person in it because again, you're you're setting up this frame or you could have waited for another person to come by. Well, I guess you could have said, Hey, just stay like this for a second and then (laughs) wait for another person to walk where you needed it. Maybe even under that bridge because then your eye is actually going very deep into the photo and it comes back out. So there's a lot of interest between, Oh, what am I seeing in the back there? And then, the person that you're shooting through but I think I think it's from in terms of composition I think it's 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 very nice and I also think it probably would help if you even lighten up around that person a little bit
3: because there's so
1: much going on so in the kind of street photography where it's about the scale and about one person moving through that space It's helpful when you really immediately identify that person as a
2: shape. Right, right, right.
1: So your eye doesn't want to look for that person. I mean, I know that person is there, and I know that's who you're focusing on. But if the rest of the the bridge is a little bit lighter, just lighten it up a little bit, the person will pop more.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Complete I mean, I
1: could have also seen when you go back and let's see, the light goes just on the flag. I think it's like a little, fl- or the flag or whatever that is. For some reason, my eye goes to that part. It was like an idea yeah. store, star- like <laughs> those stripes. But somehow there's enough going on that even if you reframe it without a special person in it, I think it holds enough interest for, for the person to go back and forth yeah. into that picture frame.
2: I, I I couldn't agree more. And again, I have I haven't looked at this since I first did it. Mm. You know, and everything you've just described is is kind of the things that were going through my mind when I you kind of picked up these photos before today. I thought, hmm, I wish that was like that, like that, <laughs> like that, like that. And you've you've picked up on every single one of those. Every single one. I couldn't agree more with you. Couldn't agree more with you. So it could have also been like said, if you.
1: Sorry. yeah
2: that that being said, I'd like to have got Kay to stand still taking that photo uh, for longer, but if you've ever tried to get Kay to sit still for <laughs> more than five seconds, you'd realize that's an impossibility, <laughs> yeah, that's true, always but you moving. know what?
0: Also, of course you know you're you're basically shooting like you're behind me at this point and I, yeah right. I don't think I even I was even aware that you were no,
2: you weren't taking no. that shot so.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. But sometimes it's even enough if he would have just stood there. You could have just taken the silhouette of right. his head and the ear on one side of it. Yeah. To cut, or even just a sliver of that on one kind of fragment on the left side. And then create with the rest because the, the geometry of the bridge and the people is very dynamic. So there's a whole other picture that is possible. To, to kind of Absolutely. create. Absolutely. Hmm. So you didn't even need that arm. I think the arm is nice to have to create this triangle. But it also limits you that, again, you're creating a window and you want people to see into this window. So whatever you're showing needs to count.
2: I, I know about 30 different things that I would want to do slightly differently had we been back there today, for sure. I
1: think you need to go back.
2: <laughs> oh, we will. will be
1: interested. Like that, that, that again is, but. This goes to the point, it's really great to go back to places. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm I'm thinking of a project where it's in Germany, actually, my mother's house where she grew up in. Mm. And I just took kind of quick snapshots while I was there. And when I looked at them at home, I'm like, how did I miss this? There was like this imprint of time of a shutter. And I didn't see that, but I saw it in the photo at home. And I know the next time, this is what I'm going to focus on. So it's really helpful sometimes to just kind of take these survey shots and look at them at home. And then it's like, oh yeah, that pattern is wonderful. And there's this wonderful contrast. And how could I see the black and light better? And how can I add a silhouette? How can I have a person move through it?
0: So this photo <laughs> would have been taken in exactly the same location uh, that I stood, where I was standing when uh, when you took the photo of yeah. my arm, essentially. Um so again, this is uh, a location called Shad Thames is, is right next to Tower Bridge. One of the things about London, I think that makes London really quite unique and, and really quite pretty in my view, um, is that you still have a lot of this, this old history um, around there. Of course, nowadays, these are all, I guess, luxury apartments, you know. Um, and it was, it was really, it was funny to see how these, these iron bridges are now being used as balconies. But of course, they're on an incline. So that must be fun. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like, having your having your breakfast
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, like, you drop something and just rolls off? There goes that boiled egg. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.
0: So, uh, but it's a it's a really nice uh, location. It's one of the few locations or, or streets in London that still has a cobbled road surface.
1: The cobblestone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's again, really
1: pretty you do a great job in in setting the shot up, and I think. Again, it's very cinematic, which is very much like your first shot where you know you can just kind of see somebody running through it. I mean, it's, it's very... I mean, it almost looks like a movie set. It, it looks so yeah. unreal. Yeah. I think I love that there is a person that's kind of hovering, walking on the side. I mean, I think if I would be nitpicky,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, I might have waited two more steps to have this person kind of fit into that left space more in the lower two thirds on -hmm. the right side, like maybe one more step, but then I don't know if you, I mean, I tend to do continuous shooting because I don't sometimes know where I want my person to be. And sometimes it makes compositionally more sense when I look at them visually. So I'm saying that, but I think, I mean, it might be the perfect place. The one thing I would most definitely take out is that white line. And I said, I would, okay. be I would just take it out because that's where my eye goes. Mm-hmm. And I do not want my eye to kind of go on that. I don't even know what that white line is on his head.
0: I think it's probably part of the building right next to his head. I think right. You're right.
1: Or just yeah, even yeah. dark in it. Yeah. Because my eye does not, that's not where I want to be at all. Yeah. And I keep going there. And I think once that's gone, it's a beautiful composition. I think the tones are great. I think the scene is great. Um, And I think it works really well. You could have made this a silhouette shot. Yeah. If there would have been a person walking in front of that lit building in that lighter building all the way at the end of that tunnel. So that would have been, you know, when you see like the Phil Wyman, when there's a little person You if there would have been a person walking towards you or out of that or this person, it would have had that silhouette person feeling.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's one of these shots, I think, where you know, you wish there would have been something happening in the center, like you know, some kind of somebody with a bright red umbrella or something. (laughs) That would have been like perfect.
3: (laughs)
1: But the shot almost, you know, Mm. the person is not a it's not about the person. The mm. person is only there to give your sense of scale and that there are people. Your mm. shot is, is beautifully set up. It doesn't need, I think, the, the extraordinary happening. I mean, if, if it does, wow, that's great. If kids yeah. you know, come with a soccer ball, shooting a ball and the light hits it, wow.: mm.
0: Great, yeah, exactly.:
1: Yeah, Wow wonderful but then you would probably have to go back and see if at some point the light hits these streets and if some if there's a sliver of light with somebody walking through it yeah. then it becomes a very different shot so this is when you know when i look for for where i should shoot i will look for a sliver of light and then you hmm. have a couple of minutes let's see somebody walking through is there a kid coming something that Answers. But I don't think your shot is that kind of a shot. And I don't think it needs it. Hmm. I think it's just kind of a, a beautiful, more architectural shot with a person for scale, with a sense of mystery. And
0: yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a really unique. I mean, even for London, it's a really unique location, isn't it? And it's not a particularly long uh, street either. It's just a small little side street, you know?
1: I mean, I would definitely go back and if hmm. I don't know what the light does. When it's like a bright day, what happens if there is like a little sliver coming through somewhere or from above? And what happens? The shadows of these bridges hit the street.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's a high noon. Yeah, fully agree. At noon,
1: it'll be amazing because you will have the on the street, you will have this rhythm of the bridges. And then you have people walking through. It's a very different shot.
2: There'll be a lot lot of opportunity. For that. Um now things are opening up. Because th- this you'll never ever ever be able to get this shot again. No, no. Not once. For not sure. ever. It, it's it cannot be that empty. Maybe at, at nighttime. <laughs> e- <laughs> oh, even then. Even in that but, road is. You know, what, what amazes ramped. me
0: about this particular occasion is, is the fact that um it be, I mean, because it's right next to, to Tower Bridge. I mean, obviously Tower Bridge is probably one of the most photographed, you know, landmarks of London right. generally. Um, but I think most people miss this little side street. It's mm, you know, beautiful.
1: It's such a. Yeah, it looks like a movie set.
0: Exactly. It's it's unreal. I mean, when you're there, it's it's a it's a mix of like, you know, Harry Potter and <laughs> and like, you know, Victorian London sort of a thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very cool, very cool place.
1: Now, um, what's the series? The British series with the. Oh.
2: You're not thinking of Peaky Blinders, are you?
1: Yes, thank you. Peaky, peaky Blinders. blinders. Is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Thank
1: you. But it's that kind of feeling of the brick wall and the dark mm. and the steam. I mean, when you look at that, how they filmed it, I mean, it's the same set in every episode or the first, I've only watched the first couple of ones, but the dark in the suit. And I don't know. I mean, he looks like he's wearing a suit, which is always great. Like a lot of people in suits and, you know, where there's like a tie flying or something.
3: yeah. yeah.
2: So this final one from me um, was near the first one. Um, It was a similar area, but just up the road, um, I believe. Um, And so uh, that building in the background is the the Shard, um, by the way. Um, which Is that still the tallest building in Europe? In Europe? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe. I think it was when it was built. Maybe it's not anymore. It's certainly the tallest building in the U.K., I think still now um and you know again kay was taking his shots um and it just saw an opportunity um to Hmm. capture kay doing what he does best right and he was just sat down in this great little position um with his with his leg out and it just it just struck me as hmm that's how I think of Kay when I, <laughs> normally, you know, legs nice and spread. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and then just capturing it, and, you know, again, that sense of scale with the, with those buildings in the background. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good location too. I like that. Like great. It I here. think
1: it's, you guys, what you do really well is the details and the architectural shapes in in london and i also like so for example i love the fact that this tree with no leaves
3: Mm -hmm.
1: it kind of aligns with the building maybe Mm. but i like the added tree in the landscape i also like that the the knees mimic the building right yeah there is there is this repetition of shape, yeah. which is also something that is nice to 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 look for and, and to capture.
2: I actually took um, three three yeah. shots at this moment, and you're in a slightly different position for each one, and I chose that this particular one for exactly that reason.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because it's it's great to ha- to have the repetition of the shape and and mimic the the <laughs> shard, and then again. I mean, the leading line, I mean, I'm not even sure that, because you stop the viewer's eye with the person. Yeah. So, I mean, the person goes right there, and then you move around and look at the building. And I think it's the same suggestion. If, if you wanted to make it more about scale, I think this is more about K being shooting you know, in, in this area. And it's, I think these are all amazing shots to put in your website. To kind of showing you as a photographer. If you wanted to see scale, I would move him way back.
2: Further back. Mm, yep.
1: Because he's still too big. Yeah. In terms yep. of really pushing the 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 scale, the the scale part mm. of, of the um, of the photograph. But again, I mean the tones are great, the location is great, the light is great. Um not it's so much street location, photography, but yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's an interesting location in the sense that um, th- this whole area has changed a lot over the mm-hmm. last decade, I would say. You know, because I remember when uh, when I used to live in London, um, that whole, the wasn't built. Right. At that, point, that whole area was very, very different back then. It wasn't in any way as modern futuristic looking as as it is today. It was like relatively old buildings and out that side of the river was a little bit dilapidated.
2: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that, it,
1: but I do remember going to the Shard and it's kind of a strange bottom plaza Yeah, that yeah. feels very desolate. But I actually think that's a kind of probably a good street photography place to do yeah. the kind of silhouette, um, shots that also are about scale because you have these big buildings, you have a staircase and people will walk through it. Mm. So there's a great opportunity to, to practice that kind of architecture. If you, okay. If you, if you kind of set, set back and, and use the stairs. And I mean, for some reason, I remember the strange plaza there that felt very awkward and very, uncomfortable as, as an urban planning space. Yeah. Maybe it's changed a lot. I mean, maybe five years ago, but it was odd. <laughs> Bless Sorry.
0: You. COVID. What can but, you
1: but I mean, you, you, you know, both of you do, do the the architectural setup really well. Now you just have to be kind of brave and let life happen in, mm. in that space. And kind of include that if if that's what you're interested in
2: i, f- I think we naturally gravitate to that type of <laughs> shot right and it, yeah. like you say we kind of not necessarily get necessarily get sidetracked by doing shots like that but it's just where our our eye kind of goes and it's what we automatically see well i think i mean
0: this is this is what mm-hmm. i mentioned
2: you know early on where um
0: i think the the sort of take the takeaway f- for me in this was that you know, I have a I have a strong tendency to look at a set as a whole because I love setting up sets, and I love yeah. environmental portraits, and I love environments, and I love fiddling around with. We've talked about this many times with, uh, you know, with sets. And so I look at a scene and I take in the set. So for me, it's it's all about almost like letting that part go, and then yeah. then looking at the the life that happens in that particular scene. Yeah you know so um so that was definitely the this the, the takeaway because when when we came when we got back home and I had a look at, at the shots from that day I kind of thought okay I you know I need to focus in more on the human aspect of it you know and the human yeah. interaction yeah and, and the action itself
1: so, so i just while you're talking so i kind of just Because I'm interested in the person and I don't know if you guys can even see it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of
1: pushed to the side cropped where I'm interested in the shape of the leg. I'm interested in the shape of the arm. As a background, the buildings are perfect. But it becomes a very different photograph. Mm. Yeah, it does. I feel like all of a sudden, because it's not centered, it's kind of pushed to the side.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It
1: becomes much more about the person, and it ha- becomes about the shapes more.
2: Um, That's very interesting.
1: And, you know, so I would probably include the arms, but I almost don't need all of that on the side. Like I, I, like the 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 arm. It's it's like these these moments where somebody's just sitting there taking a photo, but he's not the main actor. But he's real. He's necessary in order to keep the tension of it.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just a yeah. very
1: different way of kind of looking at this.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I like because that a lot.
1: now it's like, oh, what is he looking at? He's looking at me, but I'm looking at the building. All of a sudden, this this leading line in the middle that leads you to the triangle, but that's not where you want me to be. Hmm. I don't know. So I tend to. Include fragments, but you almost don't even need. That you could just have, just like the shape, and then it's like, what is that? A sculpture? Is that a person? Is it? Um,
0: yeah, you don't actually have to give it away. Yeah.
1: No, like,
2: just, okay, sexy leg. Keep a little. <laughs> I just have my leg in there.
1: Keep a little mystery, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What would have made that then is if you were just lifting your jeans up ever so slightly, <laughs> showing off your ankles. Exactly. Oh.
1: That's a different yeah. photography.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: In next week's but episode, don't but, <laughs> but, but you know again. Right, this but,
1: but, but again, so then I would go in and lighten where these people are so that mm. the silhouette becomes a yeah. much more about the shape. Yeah. And I don't want to see these people. Like I, they can go away from me. So it would even make it it would make it lighter because then the person becomes more
3: noticeable. You know what's really
0: interesting? Yeah. As you zoom in, um on top of that little wall on the side here on the left hand side, there's this sculpture statue, statue thing oh, yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. on the top. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, what is that? I'm not entirely sure what that is. Because I thought like is that a person?
1: Right. So, so because right, but all of a sudden your photo is no longer about the architecture. No yeah. Bring out that little statue and have it like, oh, so I'm looking at that person that's jumping. What is that? Off the rooftop. um, Mm -hmm. Why? And then you just. It's no longer about the architecture.
2: It's interesting, isn't it? You know, I I couldn't agree more, you know, I mean, the, the original crop if you like is 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 what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And but you do you gain a, a different perspective, a different level of interest when you go through framing it in the way that you've yeah. you know in the ways that you've just described, Nina. Definitely. Do you, do you
0: sometimes um, experiment with different crops of the same shot and then sort of let it, you know, let it linger a little bit and then make a decision after a while or
1: I don't I try to frame it or see that way when I'm out. Hmm. But I think you gain that view, and I think that's where my personal vision comes in. Hmm. I see things in these weird crops. Or like, and, and, and that's not true. I mean, you learn over time to include hmm. fragments that initially I would think is, is kind of weird in my composition. Hmm. And they add interest to it, that you can create these photos where there's fragments all on the outside, and that's a very interesting photo. It's a very different photo. It's not about the architecture.
3: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: your intent, just like with your daughter, what you know, what what is it you want to show? If you want to show the architecture, and if you want to be an architecture photographer and just document what today looks like in the buildings, and um, maybe it's take this t- the same shot of the same building every every week for the next 20, uh, 52 weeks. The, the light will change, the, the trees will change, the leaves will change, the snow will change. Mm. And then you have this series of a change over time, so you're documenting this building over time. That's one way of doing it. Right. I mean, there's a hundred different ways of, of experiencing this. I mean, one shot is hard. Unless you have all of your shots are architectural drawings, then, you know, uh, architectural drawings, architectural photographs. So then you're documenting the architecture. Then is your approach being very um, conceptual and you just want the lines? Then you zoom in and then you you edit it. I mean, it's it's there's so many ways to go with your work. I mean, in the end, as an artist, you have to figure out where you want to be.
0: Okay, so the final image is uh, what I would call the only true silhouette that I managed to capture on that trip where we were meant to... Only <laughs> shoot sideways,
3: <situations.
0: laughs> but uh, yeah. So this was um, just outside of St Paul's. Uh, at one time, the tallest building in London, believe it or not, is that true? Yeah, wasn't it that, um, as, as far as I remember, um, wasn't it that no building in London uh, could be taller than St Paul's, so that St Paul's would always um, could always be seen towering sure. off the rest. Which, which is why London, as a metropolitan city, um, has until fairly recently it has never had any skyscrapers yeah yeah makes sense you know so and i think i believe canary wolf in fact when i first moved to london back in 1996 or something um canary Wharf was the only skyscraper in the whole of london at the time so uh is, you know because that's the one thing that surprised me actually i remember when i flew in um for the first time you know i, I was really surprised as to how spread out London was mm. and how not tall it was at all mm. you know in comparison to cities like New York or even Chicago or you know places like that, it was just remarkable as to how flat London was you know that's starting to change. There's a whole bunch of interesting buildings yeah. that have gone up over the last few years so. but yeah so that was um, this is, that shop was taken just outside of St. Paul's and um, it's actually this is a little
2: alley uh, going into a shopping mall. One new change shopping centre. Yeah. One new change. That's what it's called. Yeah. 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 yeah so Where, that's. Um, have you sent the right one? Because this one doesn't have any birds or planes in. <laughs> oh well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's only, also, the only photo that that's not a composite. In fact, I can't remember whether you were really in that photo. <laughs> yeah, but you but you, know what? You, in you, shot.
1: you didn't need it because your leading line goes to the person, and behind mm. the person you have a building. So. Yes. You didn't feel like there needed to be an additional point of interest, which you don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I also like the the smoothness of the clouds there because you have a little bit of contrast and a little bit of detail, but it's not too crazy. So,
1: and I love that the you know I love the reflection of the building in on the glass side. So there's enough interest going on. I mean, I think Mm. I mean it's it's great, and I think my only suggestion, but I like a lot of contrast. I would push the building a little lighter. So mm. then the person pops a little more, Yeah, which I'd like to do just because if it's about a silhouette, make it, mm. make it a silhouette. Yeah. You know, not make it a building. Is it a silhouette? I mean, mm. you know, be, make the decision and go for it.
0: Be bold. Yeah, I do agree. I think he does blend <laughs> in a little too
1: much, you know. but otherwise, I mean, it's a great shot. Now you need to go back and you'll you'll reshoot and I, I can't wait if it'll be any different.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this I mean, again, this goes
1: well with like the building. You know, I mean it could be a whole series mm. of you have like these I mean actually now I see a whole new series because this is oddly I think that way. You know, the first one with the balconies with the sky, then there's a person mm. in the sky, then maybe there's only a sky with little pieces. So it could be this whole where it's always three parts in the middle just yeah. becomes something different.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it turned out to be quite an interesting day for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, it's um. It was it was interesting to shoot. I don't normally use the camera that I use for that because I think, as far as I remember, I used a twenty four to seventy zoom lens, which I don't normally take around with me. That's that's usually a camera used in a studio a lot or for events. Um. And I think the only reason I decided to use that particular um, Nikon on that day was because we had originally planned to also do a lot of filming. So the idea was, you know, right. I, I can get away with one camera uh, doing both. Um, but I I definitely, I think you know, the next time we go into town, uh, I'm just going to limit myself to my little Fuji. Yeah. But um, also for this shot,
1: I'm thinking if you, the next time, if you have standing there, what would happen if you're really close to the face and that kind of gets superimposed? It almost will get the size of the dome. Yeah. So you can do a lot of playing with scale. Mm. Like you're playing it safe in most of your shots right now.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like you have kind of yeah. the same
1: distance. It's very comfortable. You're very comfortable in this, in all yeah, of your We're
0: trying shots.
3: to get them in focus. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm sure that's
1: not so hard. <laughs> but you're very safe. Mm. I think you can push it a lot more in terms of going closer to the to to mm. like you could have gone so close and see what happens with the background and how this black shape on the bottom goes repeats the shape of the dome. Mm.
0: That's a really. good... It's so
1: much easier said than done. While me sitting here, and yeah, but at you know, it,
0: this, this actually this is really good advice because Maybe you absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, it's, I think. It's you know when you're not totally familiar with a with a particular subject, um, you have a tendency, I think, naturally to play it safe.
2: You, you fall back
0: on what you know. Yeah, right? and then and, sometimes it takes somebody to to say to you, "Look, you can kind of push the envelope a little bit yeah. on this," and then you know the next time you do, you sort of you know those words ring in the back of your mind and yeah. actually it just pushes you to try out things that are a little bit more risky as such. You know, so um,
2: I, I'd love us to go go to London, go to a couple of the locations that we went to before and just try something different. Well, see, the there, thing is also,
0: you know, know you got to think like um, this shot and very much uh, the shot at the Shard and also the shot at Chatems, You know, those are almost like Instagram typical shots. You see a lot of similar setups, yep. especially this one at St. Um, at Paul's. And in many ways, it was a little bit like, oh, I wonder if I can recreate you know, those like famous shots almost. Um, but what would be cool would be to go to London and to, to specifically say, right, we're not going to, we spe- we're specifically not going to shoot, you know, the popular angles as it were. Absolutely. But we're just going to focus on, on actually doing like the polar opposite of that. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. look at the, for example, if you're interested in the clouds, I am mm-hmm. looking at the clouds in the building. And then, you know, shooting up, shooting down or um, fragments coming in. Uh, I mean, there's so many different ways. I'm sure if I would be standing there with you, I would be looking at very different parts of it just because what my eye Mm.
2: is attracted to. Absolutely. You know what's good news Mm. is that we've got fantastic weather starting from tomorrow. Really? Yep the rest of the month was it He's actually...
1: ready to go, <laughs> ready to I'm, go I'm,
2: <laughs> well, this is this I'm is so this is why it's so good to, good to talk to you is that it you've given us some such good advice it just makes you excited and want to get out there and try it out you know the one thing that i've always liked uh when
0: it comes to listening to um a judge critiquing a photo competition for example was not necessarily well seeing that I rarely ever enter my own images into it but it's really very educational just to listen to somebody talk about somebody else's photo because you can learn just as much from that and you know to all of our listeners and viewers out there who have been you know have been clinging on for two hours to <laughs> to get to this point in the episode you know hopefully you've learned something um and hopefully you've had some takeaways that will help you improve your photography you know, through this, that'd be extremely helpful. And that being said, it would be amazing for us to see what what street photography you've come up with. So if you have any street photography, anything that you would like us to see, you know, make sure you send that in to us. You can email it to podcast at gmail.com or you can just hit us up on Instagram or Facebook um, or send us a snail mail or whatever. Be but super you can send it to me as well. Yes,
1: and you can send <laughs> you it to me. <laughs>
0: you can send If you If you still want to hear my opinion. If you still want to
1: hear
3: my opinion.
0: So it'd be super awesome um, to see some of your uh, images. So again, you know, send it in. That'd be super wicked.
2: I feel a new section of the show coming up. Nina critiques. There you go. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> So with that, we have come to the end
0: of this week's episode. That was Camera Shake Podcast episode sixty-five. Nina, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you. This was probably one of the most educational episodes. <laughs> oh, for us, without a doubt, without a doubt, absolutely. I mean so like we learned something. You know, in every episode. Yeah, but this Hope was, it was inspiring. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And of course, no doubt, we'll have you back next time once we've created some more photography. Um, and of course, the offer still stands. You know, next time you're in London, we'll be out photographing the streets.
1: I'm still, I, yes, I, I think I have to fly through London the next time and just stop. And we need to go all, to all these spots and, oh, and yeah. see how how we all approach it.
0: That would That'd be absolutely wonderful. Cool. Right. Now we have truly come to the end of episode 65. We shall see you again next Thursday.